0: While the team's giving all they got against the opponent, he's given all he's got on the airwaves. Give me all you got! Give me all you got! It's the Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on ESPN Lafayette. The best ticket in sports. ESPN 1420, KPEL Lafayette. ESPN 1033, K277DQ Lafayette. A Town Square media station. ESPN. ESPN. Lafayette. The best ticket in sports.
1: Hey, Scott. The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by The Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Fraser. Steal the show.
2: Great Scott Show, hour number two on a Gimme All You Got Friday. Gimme All You got got! Coming up this hour, Brad Topham, color analyst, Louisiana Region Cajun Baseball, a huge series coming up this weekend against fifteenth ranked Texas State. We'll dig into that with them. We'll talk LSU baseball as well. Hit on the Saints schedule with Gus Cattengale. NBA playoffs, little UL softball. It's all on the table for you. Phone line's open right now if anyone wants to get in. Scott at ESPNLafayette.com is the email address. You can tweet us at ESPN Lafayette or call us 337-269-1077. I scored as many points as James Harden did in the fourth quarter of a closeout game. Only he was on the team getting closed out. Look, since Harden came to the league in 09, he has been one of the great offensive players. There's no denying that. There's no denying that. Former MVP, a guy that's done some big things, a guy that at this point in his career, when he'll be 33 heading into next season, Philly is having some trader regret at the moment as they are set to pay him $47.6 $47.6 million. Last night, there were three minutes and six seconds into the first quarter of the game between Miami and Philly. James Harden attempted a two-point field goal. He did not attempt another two-point field goal the rest of the night. Sat back, tried some threes, didn't get the ball, wasn't aggressive. When you're the star player in the big moment, there's a microscope on you. And last night when you looked through the microscope, it didn't look good for Harden. For Miami, on the other hand, Jimmy Butler and crew. I mean, Miami, you have to say something about the heat culture. Max Struss, former UDFA, guy was, uh, I don't know, at DePaul for a year. Doesn't do much in the league with Chicago. I think he played one and two games and then got hurt. He goes to Miami, and you see him in these big moments, in a closeout game, in the playoffs, on the road, putting up a double-double. It's like you look at the Miami roster, and you're like, okay, Butler, out of bio. They have some other guys that are decent, but they're kind of beat up. I mean, can they really do this? And yet there they are. They continue to do it. The first team to punch their ticket to the conference finals shouldn't be a surprise. They're a one-seed. And on the other end of it, Luka goes off. Dallas is now forced to game seven against Phoenix. And Chris Paul's numbers in this series hasn't been great. Now, can he put it all together for a game seven? I think he can. I expect him to. But it does look like the age is getting him a little bit right now in that series. Phone lines open, 269-1077. Reggie Cage at Softball coming up this morning, 10 a.m., 9.45, pregame. Brad Topham coming up in about eight or nine minutes. Let's head to the phone lines right now. Good morning. Welcome into the show.
3: Why didn't uh, the Sixers keep Jimmy Butler? Like, you would think a, a-, a player of that caliber you know he fits, he fits well with that city
2: perfect with, with the mentality, no i mean he the he's the, the city, perfect the player philly. for Philly. he is like the epitome of philly right and when you hear joel Embiid last night after the game praising jimmy butler and pointing out how guys on his own team just didn't meet that level of aggressiveness they basically had him for one year and they just they didn't want to pay him they said we got to pay a number of guys and we don't think he's worth it. And Jimmy got a huge deal for Miami and he has proven to be worth every single penny.
3: And I think that that's the Ben Simmons effect. I think he's, Jimmy Butler's the type of guy, you know, he's like a chef Ramsey type, you know, he'll, he'll get on you. And at the same time, probably praise you. If you, if you do what he, you know, if you, if you show that, that you can be this type of person and Ben Simmons is basically a mental midget in a sense. So he, he, you know, I'm sure they was basically calling to him and look, he's no longer there. You have harten You talk about harten um Hartin, uh, he doesn't take the game serious enough in the off season. And I think it's and it's showing and it's basically showing in his play like you said, man, the way he plays you got you need conditioning. Like a lot of those step back threes, his conditioning is off. You know, he's always looked pudgy, you know, he just his skills and his skills are diminishing in a sense. Um, I thought so. So Harden, he took the player option, so he's not a free agent after this.
2: He has a player option, and he was asked after the game, "Are you going to opt in?" And he said, "I'll be here." And why wouldn't he? I mean, forty-seven point six million. <laughs> it's
3: yeah, but if he opt out, he could probably still get. I, a don't, team I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't think
2: he's going to get that next year i don't Man, a, a team years. like
3: that one of the garbage teams will give him money just like he still I,
2: I i don't think 47.6 mil. No, i don't i mean that, he's gonna be 33 uh, you know
3: that, what i'm saying of course i'm not talking about per year but we're talking about 47 for one year but if, but if give you give him a three okay. still,
2: yeah but don't you feel like one of the garbage teams as you put it would be willing to do that again next year just to get some star power What which, uh, say it one more time. I, don't I, you feel I, like one right. of the garbage teams, as you referenced, don't you feel like they would still be willing to fork out a bunch of money next year to have that kind of star power? If they were going to do it this year, they'd probably do it next year. I mean, I, I'm I'm not surprised that he's opting in, and I think Philly would rather him opt out. But to your point, he doesn't take it serious enough. He's got so much talent. But in those big moments, man, you can't take two shots in the second half of an elimination game in the playoffs, when you're James Harden, you can't take Is one. Hurt? You can't take one field goal attempt from inside the arc, you know, at the three minute mark or the excuse me the eight fifty four mark of the first quarter, and not take another shot from within the arc the rest of the game. No, I don't think he's hurt. I mean, there's he hadn't been on an injury report. He looks like James Harden. I don't think he's hurt. He just, you know, he doesn't take a serious. Closeout game, big moment. Where was he? He was he was gone. He was absent. And Philly's got a bunch of money, because they haven't be, they have him. They gave what 180 million to Tobias Harris. And I like Tobias, but man, you look at that roster. See, Philly's a good team, but they're they're in a spot where you're just in neutral. You've been in the conference semis, the same round for the last five years. The only year you weren't was the bubble year, and they got swept, and the bubble year was weird. I don't even remember what you would consider the semis in that year, but They've been sitting here in the same spot, continuing to get eliminated just before the conference finals, and plug and play. You know, the one constant has been in beat, and he's been good, but he's out there last night with a broken face, half a broken body, and, and Harden gave him absolutely nothing.
3: Yeah, is Doc Rivers there next year?
2: I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I thought it was peculiar that after the game Doc said, he was asked about his job security, and he said, "Look, when I took this job, no one thought I would you know, no one, no one expected us to do anything. Like what? When you took the job, they had been eliminated in the bubble the year before. The two years prior to that, they lost in the conference semis in seven games on the famous Kawhi shot. Year before that, they lost in the conference semis in five games. No expect—the expectations was that you were going to take them beyond that place. And he hadn't been bad. He takes a lot of heat, but he hadn't been good enough. They're just." they in that same spot and if you know the process the process isn't isn't working right now for philly it's uh it's it's just gotten them to a certain point and they can't quite get over that hump and had they kept jimmy butler i really think they'd be a team that would be in the finals i do yeah
3: yeah like you said he brings certain intangibles to the game that just goes that would go well with that team especially this team. Um all right man uh, thank you and uh, yeah i didn't hear the first hour i was busy it's all uh, good yeah but uh you have a good one to take.
2: thank you appreciate the call Jimmy Butler man offensive rebound drills a dagger 3 and then just lets them all hear about it Philly's out there they're reluctant, they reluctantly respect the hell out of Jimmy Butler, and they reluctantly hate that he is not on their team. TSP and Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. We'll take a quick timeout, come back. We've hit on UL softball. We'll hit on UL and LSU baseball next with Brad Topham and a little Major League Baseball. The Angels are playing meaningful baseball? The Mets were the first team to get to 20 wins even without Grom? I'm sure Brad will have Mets jokes. Don't go anywhere. Great Scott Show continues on it. Give Me All You Got Friday. Give me all you got! Give me all you got! We're right back right after this.
0: This is the one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is
1: the NFL, which stands for not for long
2: when you make them calls.
0: ESPN Lafayette. ESPN and the ESPN Lafayette app.
2: into the great Scott show. and to give me all you got Friday. Joining me now, Brad Topham, color analyst for Louisiana Rage and Cajun baseball on the radio. Learfield right here, Town Square Media as well. And uh, obviously, I want to talk a good bit of Cajun baseball with you, Brad, but I also wanted to get some quick thoughts on LSU baseball. First off, man, how are things over there in, uh, in San Marcos? Damn, it's
1: beautiful. It's about to get really, really warm. Highs in the uh, mid to upper 90s, but windy. And from what I understand, it's going to be blowing out to some, what, some direction. I'm not sure what, but evidently, when the calendar turns to March, this part of this country, it gets really windy out here, blowing out, blowing out of the park. So, that you know, possibility of some high scores or, or at least long balls.
2: Well, with that, um, before we dig into UL Texas State. Uh, LSU, do they have do they have a chance to, you know, let me just ask you this: What, what, what seed are they when all is said and done? When they get through the rest of this season, what what is their overall number when you're talking about the NCAA regionals?
1: Well, I'm not sure they get the number that production deserves, but they're going to they're going to have a, a a regional host because. The the and, and look the conference is worth it the SEC conference is the best conference, but as a whole, the whole conference isn't as good as a as it used to be. Ole Miss is yeah, Ole Miss and Mississippi
2: State. What I'm sorry to cut you off. Are they the two most disappointing teams in college baseball this year?
1: old Ole Miss was the number one team in the country. At least Mississippi State so can say, look, we, we were doing the national championship game last year. We lost people. You know what I mean? We didn't. Uh, as, as different. I guess but Ole Miss was number one in the country at one point, you know? that That's just, that, that's rough.
2: They were vastly um, overrated, obviously.
1: I, man, I don't know. Uh, I hate to say it. But it's very possible. I, just, I don't know enough, but I just know that it's just bad. Bad. You don't see this, you know? And like because I said, I don't want to say that only because, you know, they lose their whole starting staff or something. Uh no, I
2: don't know. but
1: its I've never
2: seen Ole Miss crumble like this under that, man. 10th well, I mean, yeah. in the league and bad and average, ninth in pitching, just, oof, not good. LSU that's, wants that. Uh, I mean, LSU wants the, the national seed, uh, top eight. But, you know, Ole Miss being what they are, playing them this weekend, I mean, the conference can help them some. But just based on, look, the is really good this year. Um, but some of the usual suspects that you would think would be a top of it aren't. And that's, you know, in talking to Kendall Rogers last week, he said, look, I expect eight teams to be, you know, um, out of the sec and regionals and six of them to be hosting. But it's just, it's a uh, look, it's, it's not an, a weird year for the sec in that they have usual really good teams, but it is a weird year when you start kind of digging around the standings. And I, I think there's a lot of merit to that. Yeah, there's
1: no, there's no, now, look, they're still going to have six teams, five teams in a super regional because they're used to winning and they're tough. It's just that this the reason it's such a strange year, and the reason I say LSU because it's the SEC will get that regional host is you're going to have two SEC teams make it to 20 win. and normally you have four. You, you have a you have a def a uh, separation like the Sun Belt right now. There's a clear delineation between the top four, middle four, bottom four. Yep. In the SEC, it's Tennessee separation arkansas separation most of the conference i mean lsu is 14 and 10 the top the number two team in the top is 13 and 12 and you know they just all keep beating up on each other but no um lsu will have that host next to their name lsu tennessee georgia arkansas and probably all but will all have a host next to their name unless you know the way this year is
0: going, what happens if LSU loses two out of three
2: to Ole Miss, you know? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Uh, ESPN, Lab, yeah. this time of year, uh, RPI, road wins, a big part of it. I think LSU's road wins, something that's holding up. I think they're 500 on the road. But, you know, they're in the SEC. They're good. They take care of business late. They'll be hosting. It's just they want uh, – I, I don't. I don't think they can get up to a national top eight seed. But, um, oh, you know, no, you know no, that, no. that's that's what that's what I heard a couple of fans talking about the other night. And I looked at him. I was like, no, there's no way. I think I think you could be in the top 16. But, you know, and from there, who knows? Maybe you, you take care of business in a regional and then, you know, a higher seed ends up getting upset and you are hosting a super. But at this point, I would expect if LSU is in a super regional bet money would say they're likely going to be on the road.
1: Yeah, no, they ain't going to be top eight. That That's not going to happen. Tennessee's going to be there. Oregon State is going to be there. See, Vandy's RPI is so high, if they finish well, they're going to be there. Oklahoma State's going to be there. you probably have a, a Miami or a Notre Dame or a Louisville, one of those guys. So, you start going through it, LSU's not getting top eight. But, I mean, look, with the pitching staff they have, Jacob Berry's got knocked out. They lost um, a, a, every night. They have one of their – Big five hitters has been out for the last two months. Losing Barry to a broken finger for a few games is hard. LSU's doing good. They're sitting they're on pitching staff. Their pitching staff can't match their hitters. If their pitching staff match their hitters, LSU's a top five team in the country. They just don't have a lot of start. They don't have a lot of starting in pitching.
2: Let's shift gears to UL, RPI, They're taking on a team this weekend that's really good. They're atop the Sunbelt Conference standings. They're good in the RPI. They're good at the national rankings. And I think this time of year, Jay Walker always points out, look, there's too much emphasis put on it. You can only take care of what you can take care of. And he's not wrong. But fans are going to watch the RPI like a hawk. It's what they're going to do. And I think some members of the staff, maybe like a hawk is too strong a phrase, but they're going to be paying attention to it because they have to. This weekend, ultra important. I thought it was... Uh, some nice honesty from Texas A&M whenever they essentially said, yeah, we canceled this game against Incarnate Word because, you know, (laughs) the NCAA committee puts a ton of emphasis on RPI and different things and conference games matter. You get to this time of year, you got to manage it. Just blunt blunt and blatantly honest. I wonder if the committee will hold that against them and be like, oh, well, yeah, we do, but you can't do that. I have no idea, but – a m cancels a game and is honest about why they did it you know you could say well it's just a reminder that the RPI is a flawed system it is but it's a system that the committee uses and it's a big part of the formula and for Louisiana if they don't win the conference tournament Brad and I think they have a good chance to for the record and we'll, we'll talk about it I'm sure plenty whenever it rolls around but if they don't Whether or not they get in as an at-large seed, I think, is going to be based on what happens today, tomorrow, and Sunday. And I know they have four other regular season games after this, one non-conference, three conference, but this is the three. If you're one of the fans that follows the RPI like a hawk, if you're thinking at-large bid, this is the weekend series. And obviously in the Sunbelt Conference standings as well there's still a lot to play for. If you were able to go and get a sweep, there's a chance to still win a regular season title. Now, it's going to be tough to sweep Texas State, especially at their place. But, I mean, this is about as big as a regular season conference series that the Cajun baseball has played in in several years.
1: It is. And, and, you know, the funny thing is, no matter where we would stand, what we are has absolutely no bearing on what our opponent is. And, you know, it's my favorite Jim was saying when I was at the end, we were playing Turland and said, you need to respect your opponent and appreciate him. And it wasn't because it was Turland. It was said because they're good. And if they weren't as good, this game wouldn't mean as much to you. And I'm like, and that's how I'm looking at this. They're, they've earned what they are. doesn't matter what we've done. They're top, top 15 in the country ranked, which doesn't mean anything to that. That's just a poll. But they're, you know, they've won 38 games. Now, the reason their RPI is not top 10, they're not in a top 10 RPI with their record, is their non-conference RPI is worse than LSU. They don't play anybody. You know, they were on the road for one series, and that's about it. Everything else has been baseball. But this team at home is significantly better than on the road. I want to say, like, 44 home runs at home, 18 on the road. You know, they play to their ballpark. Which is fine, because so does Georgia State, and we swept them. This team's very good. They do everything, and I'm going to give you the craziest thing, Scott. Can you tell me how you would say this last name, R-O-B-I-E?
2: Robbie? Roby? I don't know.
1: Roby. Roby. Sunday starting pitcher's name is Tony
2: Roby. Tony Roby. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's, yep. I mean, there is a, uh, uh, you immediately think it's of Tony Roby's show. Number. I mean,
1: that's what I'm saying. If the count was number 36, I'd be like, oof, it's just crazy. Now, see, what this team was a preseason favorite to win it last year, and they tanked. They were a disaster. You know, they, they just were. And you could probably like them to the LSU team from two, from two years ago in football. You know, high expectations and just like, ugh. Now this year they're not. But what's interesting, you know, they got a guy who's legitimately – Probably up, to, he's probably the leading candidate for Player of the Year their shortstop. But when you start going through the stuff, the guy named Dalton Sheffield, he's their dude. Twelve, you know, fifteen doubles, ten bombs, driven in forty. Well, then you put him up against Carson Rockerford. Well, in three seventy with nine doubles, thirteen bombs, and drives in fifty five leave the conference. You know, it, things come in in waves. This year, the Sun Belt Conference is good. You're talking about the weekend, the Sun Belt series. Look, our non-conference schedule is number four in the country. RPI is falling. We've fallen probably 13 spots in the last two weeks, and we've gone 7-1. We hit that part of our schedule where all the team's RPIs are hurting us when we beat them. This series is huge. Um, Two out of three is what you need. Two out of three, you sweep next weekend, and you got a legitimate shot of getting a bid at large. That, that, that's just real. If not, you probably have to go deep to the finals. Our conference is going to go three deep. This weekend tells you, as an example, is if our conference goes four deep. You know, so that's what you play for. You, you say it was a meaningful series. You're actually you're on the road. You have a legit shot to put yourself in that large conversation. We haven't had that since I've been here, since the last five years.
2: Yeah, Brad Topham, former Rage Cajun catcher, uh, color analyst on the radio call with Jay Walker. As always, we invite you guys, if you're streaming the game or watching it, sync it up with the radio broadcast. It's always better to have Jay and Brad on the call. And uh, they are in San Marcos, 6 o'clock tonight, 4 o'clock tomorrow, 1 o'clock Sunday, pregame 30 minutes prior. You can hear it on, e- on uh, News Talk 96.5 KPEL as well as the KPEL app. Um you know, <clears throat> five straight wins, eighteen of the last twenty-three, seven straight series wins. They've won ten of their eleven contests. Seven of those coming on the road. Uh, what 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 is the number one key in your mind to continuing those winning ways this weekend in a, a, a critical critical series?
1: Strong pitching. It just kind of dry. Strong pitching. <laughs> All right, if we have good starts, we got a shot. Look, they have, numbers-wise, I would say the best one-two points in the conference. Uh, Levi Wells goes on Saturday, 6-1 with a 2-4. As important, he's older. And Zeke Wood, 5-1 with a 2-9. He's, he's good. He I mean, that's their nine. two starters. Yeah. Wood leads conference to strike out at 73. But again, as a staff, they've given up home runs, a lot of them. They give up the hits. They're dominant at their top. We go deeper into our bullpen than they can, but Tristan Dixon is probably the first-team all-conference reliever. He's the guy's – now he's up to 8-0. and oh. Not Tristan Dixon, no, like Tristan five, excuse me. He's got 12 – he's 6-1 12 saves. So he's, you, got, you got your first-team all-conference reliever. So he's going to be tough, 61Ks, 42 innings. He don't blow many saves. Um, and they got another guy, another reliever named Nicholas Matthew. So they go three deep, good arms in the pen. I think we go deeper, but again, starting pitching, We need Brandon and Schultz to go out and match. And look, last Friday night, I best I've ever seen Brandon Talley look. <laughs> and this is a Texas boy who's used to pitching in the heat. And it was hot last Friday and his velocity sat in 991 for a lot of the game. He's starting. To, he's starting to feel that temperature. He's feeling better, and it looked really good.
2: You mentioned the heat when I called you before I put you on the air. You, you referenced being in an oven. What's the field like for Texas State? Does it get as hot as the one here? Because you know Russo Park, that turf in the heat, it is. Uh, I mean, it's you can start baking. What, what's it? What's it like? Can you fry an egg over there in San Marcos as well?
1: It will. It's one of those things, and it's kind of crazy. though, You're going to have so much wind. It's one of those things where, as long you have to hydrate, and if you do, you're going to be okay because you're not going to feel miserable because of the wind. But James Lane is a strength coach. I, I cannot tell you. The last time I've seen a program with there's no BMWs. You know, there's no body made wrong. All these dudes look like they're workout freaks. They're not they just push they're constantly getting clean food to eat they take care of themselves they're they're up this morning they're going they're, they wouldn't got a workout yet. they lift they, on yeah. game day they're go they go get love a... it yeah dude, they really do they they are physically in shape and i bring that up because i'm not seeing them break down julian brock has not broken down the man he's he's okay he's in a stress like Thermo us you know
2: he's started but, 41 consecutive you know, has, games uh, has yes. has brock and they're not gonna rest him. I mean, I essentially asked, no. you know, Bab as much and and Degs, and they're like, no, I man, guys are gonna play. They're gonna play. It doesn't matter if it's midweek, weekend, series, conference, whatever. And Brock does not to your point, Brad. He's not slowing down. I mean, I, I I can imagine catching as many innings as he caught last weekend in that heat. That's that yeah. will wear on you, and then he goes into Rice and just dominates, and and now he's so playing at a level it. that they they. I mean, all-conference level and, of course, Roger Ford, and all-American level, and they need those guys to continue to do so.
1: And, you know, he's the weapon that maybe no one in the country has. I, the, the Bus to Posey watch list came out. Some of the names on there are a joke. They're hitting 210 and giving up 80% stolen bases. So I had time in the hotel. I sat down Wednesday morning. There's 77 names on the list. Of the 77 names going into Wednesday's game, Julian Brock has thrown out the second most runners in the country. The guy that's ahead of him has won more than him, has allowed 40 more stolen bases than Julian. Gone into uh, Friday, uh, Wednesday, Julian was 23 against, thrown out 20. His percentage was number, set number two in the country from a guy, behind a guy named from San Diego. That's how good he is defensively. He's throwing out the second-most runners in the country at the second-highest percentage in the country. Now, they don't have those sortable stats on the NCAA website, so you really got to dig to find them. And he's only doing is hitting 500 over the last 11 games. You know? It's just crazy, but Kyle DeBarge is hitting. And look, as well as we're playing, Robertson and Marshoff are not. Between the two of them, over the last five games, they're hitting about 170. Between the rest of the team's hitting about 340. You know, we're doing all this without them. Kyle DeBarge is coming on. He's hitting 350, 360 since we moved him down the lineup to let him get hot again. So, all the stats, all the numbers you can look at for Texas State offensively, I can grab Cajun and go, I got a guy, Keith Hood, tearing it up. Connor be being the senior he is. That's why when you ask me, what is the key? Starting pitching because we have it they have been more consistent than we have. So that's why it's the key. But Scott, it's going to be fun baseball because this don't feel like a regional this weekend, the intensity and the atmosphere.
2: Texas State um, 15th in D1 baseball, 16th Baseball America, ranked 12th by Collegiate Baseball, 17th in the NCBWA, 19th in USA Today. And yes, there are five top polls, top 25, one of them is a the top 30 poll that college baseball programs do follow. In football, it's two, in baseball, it's it's five. Um, and, you know, while the Cajuns, they're just, they're, they're, they're looking at that RPI number. And uh, last I checked, Brad, what, 53? I haven't looked at it since, you know, yeah. the midweek games. Yeah, you are by women. So. Texas State, 38. Be, I mean, yeah, this is yeah. it. This is, this is the weekend that, again, yeah. I think that if the Cajuns don't win the conference tournament and they have a good chance to do it, they don't win it, though. Whether or not they get in as an at-large team, I think a lot. I think you you can say, well, the whole season matters. It does. I get it. It's the whole big picture. But I'm talking about at this moment in time, this is the series that in my mind will separate them as you're on the right side of the last four in or you're on the wrong side of the last four out, and it's going to come down to these three games. So they're huge. They're critical. And I know that you don't want to look at baseball with a football mentality, but I think in a weekend like this, that's how big these games are, win or lose. And and you know, if, if the weekend doesn't go they want it to, and you know, you 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 you've set your eyes on, you know, finishing the season strong and then getting ready for making a run in the tournament. And I maybe I'll end up being wrong, Brad. I just can't see a scenario where they don't have a good weekend and get in. 'Cause it just take it taking a look at the RPI and then one more win this weekend. You got fifteen road wins. That's big. You get above that, that's even bigger uh road wins mean something you know we're talking about lsu earlier and and what they've done at home versus on the road for ul man to get to 15 road wins this weekend they can do that tonight if they can win an a straight conference series against this team man i i i I don't think it guarantees you anything but i think it puts you on the right side of it and and then you just got to take care of you know what you're expected to take care of and, and let the chips fall where they may but man brandon talley tonight against zeke wood who is really really good Jacob Schultz tomorrow, Levi Wells, you referenced him earlier, and then Sunday you got El Jefe Jeff Wilson and Tony Roby for Texas State, which uh, we discussed earlier. So pitching's the key, Brad. I'm with you there. Last thing, back to Julian Brock. If you could, being a former catcher yourself, what, what, what is it about that position that the common fan or someone that hasn't played catcher wouldn't understand? What makes it as physically grueling as it is, aside from the fact that you're crouched down in the heat all the time?
1: Well, yeah, it's the, um, the dragging out innings that build up on you. It's not the 12, 14 pitch innings. It's, it's when you're, now he was out of the game, but as an example, you know, when, when you got pitchers that come and they're walking people we have to make two or three changes and these innings drag out and you're just on your legs for a long stretch, those long innings, those 35, 40 pitch innings and then the two pitching changes, it wears you. It just wears you. It's, it's just as simple as Scott. If you go out and jog three miles a day and you're not really, you know, you, you, you do other stuff in life besides that, man, you'll get to a point where all of a sudden the last mile, after about two weeks, that last mile just becomes, you just, you don't have any spirit. You can do it. You got the endurance and you're there, but there's no burst. You're describing, no every, no, ti- you're like-
2: describing every run I go on, Brad. <laughs> it's always well, three miles you, you, you and the run. last mile That's- is awful. Well, you go on three mile runs. I go
1: on three. I go on three minute walks. So I'm not going to talk nothing. Being saying
2: "run" is nice of you, by the way, to say the word "run."
1: Yeah. Well, so my point is, Julian, they're there. They're strong, but it's a burst. And listen, the contact area of a baseball on a baseball bat is the thickness of a dime. That's it. That's all it makes contact. So if that little bit of wear, that tiny lack of burst, is the difference between the rocket to the right side. And just barely underneath, and popped it up, or hit a high fly ball, or you're late and you hit it hard, but you hit a foul. And that's what it is. It's so small, but it's like it's like when you leave the park and go, how did the catcher hit? Oh man, he, he just missed a few. He was right there and he just missed it. And that's what it does to you. Uh, your arm will keep up, but it's your legs. And you, it's like think of it like this. The, only, the best comparison I have is the legs of a jump shooter. Some, when when your legs start to go, you start to back rim it, front rim it. That's what happens. When your legs go, you lose a little bit off your rhythm on your jump shot. And it's the same exact thing for a catcher. Other people don't have it. Pitchers will have it. And we've seen that too much mileage through the year. All of a sudden, 88 looks like it's now 86. All of a sudden that great run's a little flat and it's the same concept.
2: Brad, top of our guest and Lafayette. All right, my friend, before we let you run quick thoughts on some major league baseball stuff, there are four teams I want to ask you about. Number one your Atlanta Braves not even oh, playing no, 500 just baseball.
1: Just get to it, Scott. No, I want no, your th- I want your thoughts it. on
2: the Braves being not even having a winning record at home and not having a winning record overall. Like, I mean, the defending champs, you're only 32 games into a long season. I don't, I don't think you should worry, but, I mean, are you worried?
1: A, you want to talk about the Mets, fine. B, they were under 500 through 100 games last year, and they got a ring. No, I'm not worried. Yes, I'm worried. No, I'm not worried because it's a long season. The one thing I am worried about, there's one human being not in the locker room, and I'm not talking about talent. I'm talking about leadership, and that's Freddie Freeman. And I honestly, net value on the field production, at the end of the year, Olsen will have better numbers than Freddie Freeman. I don't think there's a comparison and, how to, and you can quantify Freddie Freeman in the locker room. And that's why I was upset they let him go. I don't, there needs to be somebody to put the microphone in front of their face every day right now. or you to ask the questions you just asked? They, tra- they let that guy walk. Talent. Matt Olson, it has more talent, but there's more than just on, on field production. And I, that's to me is where I am scared about the Atlanta Braves. And because the Mets have guys that are probably putting it together. Um, the, the Mets are looking like a really good team. Now, I don't want to go full Clemson on you and say the Mets are going to Mets. You know, like Clemson's going to Clemson. But right now, you got Buck Showalter. You have the manager that they put the microphone in front of. And he's going to keep it straight, bro. Buck, Buck's like your boy, Tom Thibodeau in the NBA. He can for a couple of years. He's going to straighten some stuff out. I don't know about long term.
2: That's, that's, no. that, that's a perfect uh, description is of, of Buck way. Showalter. It is, he is the Tom Thibodeau of... Of MLB managers, I mean that's it. Yeah. Um, this team, but, you but know, you first team to twenty win. Maybe they just needed Jacob Degrom to not pitch. It would just that's what they needed to score more runs. Finally, um, but the fact that they don't have Degrom right now, and at some point they'll get him back. Not for a while, but add him to the mix. You know, it's it's been fun. First team to twenty wins this season. They're twenty two and eleven. On the other side, there are two teams in the West. I want to ask you about. Ten straight wins for the Astros, Brad. I mean, you win ten in a row in Major League Baseball. I don't care what part of the season it's in. I, I got I to gotta give, you give you your flowers because that just that's a rarity. You get the double-digit win streak in Major League Baseball, that just doesn't happen often.
1: I thought, and it's not because of his talent, I thought all along them, the Astros, if they could find a competent shortstop, they did not need to sign calls created that contract. The Astros have a ton of offense. Look, Tucker and Alvarez are as good of a young one, two punch power wise, hitting wise. There in baseball. Well, one of them can't field himself out of a wet dream, but you add in Altuve, you add in um, Bregman, you got a good lineup. Well, your young shortstop's playing way over his head. Yuli Guriel, you're defending that championship about a hundred below who he was last year. But the Astros have the guy to put the microphone in front of. They know how to win. There's an expectation. And Birdlander has got the Fountain youth. You know, that year off. You spend time with Kate. He's coming he's come back strong.
2: The Angels. Are they finally going to be playing? meaningful baseball as a team. You know they've always had the star power, Otani, Mike Trout, but are they actually finally good? Uh, Are they going to be a postseason team? Are they going to be a team worth keeping an eye on? Because, you know, Mike Trout's played three playoff games in his career, and they lost all three of them. The Angels are, I don't know, they're like, they've always been like one of those blockbuster movies that has major movie stars, but no one goes to see it because the movie's just average at best. Do they finally have a good movie here out in L.A.?
1: Well, number one, at 120 games into the season, if Trout, Rendon, and Otani have batted in 105 games, all of them, yes, they do. But I got to ask you did you take it personal when your lifetime netty, Thor, took a shot at your team uh, two days ago with the no hitter? <laughs>
2: You know what? I thought it was pretty funny, actually. And then he followed it up by backing off for a second, and then doubled out. No, I, I thought it was funny. Not personal. It was funny. I mean, if you're if you're if you're a Mets fan and you can't laugh at yourself a little bit ever, then you're doing it wrong, in my opinion. No, I, I had no issues with it. I, I got a kick out of it.
1: Yeah, well, for those that don't know, the Mets had a combined no hitter, and then Reed a the kid out of Louisville, throws a no hitter, and Thor, who's now in the Angels goes on and say that's how a quote real no hitter is looks like. i like, oh God, bro.
2: <laughs> it was scummy <laughs> I mean, but he's right. I mean he's he's you. he's right. He's not wrong. I it was it was he's right, but I don't know. Well you know, you know, hey, I like some good pettiness,
1: just like the NFL puts Russell Wilson at Seattle first game of the Week season. One. I love some good sports pettiness and that was some sports pettiness. Deserved, but still sports petty
2: I liked it Oh, I liked it. I could, I could laugh about it because it'd be one thing if it wasn't funny and he was wrong, but whenever it's funny and they're right, I'm not going to get mad about it. I mean, come on. You just,
1: you're mad about it. Cause y'all want y'all winning. Y'all in first, place, to laugh you're in first place.
2: It's nice. It's nice being at the top. You got to take advantage of it. Cause at some point there's that part of me. That's like, what's going to go wrong. That's just, that's how I'm trained with the Mets. I'm just waiting for disaster, but in the meantime, I'll just enjoy the ship while it's above water. Not just above water. It's cruising right now. I'll take it. Even without you know, its best
1: gas. And honestly, you know, by the way, I think you said something that's more important to people, you know, as opposed to, oh, my God, but when, when you get to the what you have now is a team that the baseball team, not Jason DeGrom-led baseball team. You know what I mean? No you doubt. Dodd, no I doubt. So is good. but Sergio hasn't been that good. You yeah, have baseball team. It's like well, man, we're, we're going to win when, when, when DeGrom pitches and we just got to be good enough every rest of the time. No, you should be a good baseball team now. You're not, you're not just DeGrom, the baseball team. And I'm not saying it's bad, but it may help your identity grow so when he comes back, he's a, he's a well, uh, of The con. In yeah, game.
2: instead of saying, man, all we got to do is score one run here and then not do right. it. You get a single damn you know, run for yeah, half it can of be, his hey, starts. We got,
1: we got somebody to jump on with us. Not, hey, we're going to jump on somebody's
2: back. Brad Topham on the air tonight with Jay Walker. 5.30 pregame, 6 o'clock first pitch. News Talk 96.5 KPL from Learfield. Uh, 4 o'clock first pitch tomorrow, 1 o'clock Sunday. Pregame 30 minutes prior for each of them. Louisiana H U Cajun baseball against Texas State a huge critical series as big a regular season series if they've had in quite some time. Brad, appreciate you coming on to talk LSU, UL college and MLB baseball. Man, you got a baseball mind. I always appreciate you sharing your knowledge on the airwaves. All right, brother. You have a good weekend. Thanks, man. Safe travels and uh, enjoy yep. San Marcos. Brad and Jay on the call tonight. Quick timeout. He mentioned Denver and Seattle to open up the season. Taking the Saints off the table because Saints fans are only looking at the Saints schedule. What is the biggest NFL game on the schedule before the season even gets underway? I'll tell you next on
0: ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. You, my friend. I'm glad I did this test on you, the friendship test. What? You got the best seat in the house. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. He peaked athletically in the seventh grade. Do you know what a hero you are to me? I presume you're referring to my four touchdowns in one game. It's the Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on ESPN Lafayette. The best ticket in sports.
2: ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Wrapping up the Great Scott Show on give me All You Got Friday. Top game on the schedule. It might be work week one, Broncos, Seahawks for storyline reasons, but... The NFC, I don't think, is going to be all that great this year. AFC is loaded. Considering that... Packers-Bucks, week three? It might be the biggest game on the schedule. And then pick a number of NFC West conference matchups, and you could have your answer there. But... Wild card in this mix? What about Steelers at Dolphins? Brian Flores going up against the former team he has a lawsuit against. Can't wait to see how Tirico and Collinsworth talk about that during the game. CSP and Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Hell, Bills-Rams. What a way to start off the season. Love that one. as well. Don't go anywhere. The Dan Patrick Show is next. I'll talk to you guys Monday. We'll know where the Rage Cajun softball team is playing their regional. We'll talk to Coach Glasgow, Coach Deggs, all of you, NBA playoffs. Unless Memphis pushes it to seven games of Golden State, and I don't expect that to happen, the conference finals will be set. We'll have plenty to chew on. Looking forward to it on a Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.